The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. In the Holy Scriptures, there's a phrase that occurs repeatedly called the Day of the Lord. And for some, it is a fearsome day, but for others, it is the day of salvation. And this Passover day, what we're about to see right now, is a fearsome day, and yet it is also a day of deliverance for the people of God. I want to ask you to to listen in as we read together from Exodus chapter 4. And of course, we're going to be thinking on Christ, our Passover land. Lamb, will you please stand as I read this lesson? One of the high points of the book of Exodus. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne of the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were also about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. Many other people went up with them, and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds, With the dough the Israelites had brought from Egypt, they baked loaves of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the very day, All the Lord's divisions left Egypt. Because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt, on this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor the Lord for the generations to come. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. There are some occasions in our life that we will never forget. 
There are some things that we simply cannot unhear and some things that we cannot unsee. We will not be able to unsee what we saw this last March and April. We saw the the refrigerated trucks that were backed up against Elmhurst Hospital. And, And we knew that they were there because the local morgues were completely and utterly overwhelmed and the trucks were there then to receive the saddest of volumes. And of course, the photos of that episode that we experienced personally and saw personally went almost just as viral as the coronavirus. We'll never forget. We'll also never forget what we heard during those days. We heard the screaming of the sirens day and night for those of us who lived around that hospital. It seemed like the, the ambulances just never stopped carrying people to that same hospital where the refrigerated trucks were backed up against the door. We'll never forget, just like we'll never forget what happened on 9-11. Some things you cannot unhear and some things you cannot unsee. And yet, for all that we experienced during March and April, I can confidently say that this night, the night when the Lord passed over His people, was a night 100 times worse. See? Because not even one household was left untouched, the Scriptures say. Every single household had a firstborn son who was dead. And there was no refrigerated trucks to receive the saddest of volumes. You ever think about what the Egyptians did with their dead? That maybe it looked a little bit like Latin America in that moment, so overwhelmed with all the dead bodies, that they just left their sons on the curb to be carried away as if they were garbage. But it wasn't just what they saw that they would never forget, it was what they heard. It says here in Exodus, there was loud wailing in Egypt. And it actually says, if you read in Exodus chapter 11, that there, the wailing was so loud that it will never ever be repeated again. Mothers wailing. Fathers wailing, holding their dead sons in their arms. You can't unsee it, and you can't unhear something like that. 
You know, the Spirit wants to give us a teaching about the character of God this morning. As we see and hear these things, we need to know this about God, that God is surgical in His justice and His judgments. You think about it. God would later lay down a law for Moses and the Israelites, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and that's exactly what we get here. Pharaoh, for many generations, had taken the sons of Israel and thrown them into the Nile. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, God is surgical in His justice and He laid out those little boys dead. wasn't just that either. For centuries, God had heard the cries of Israel. Their oppression and their slavery, I checked. And that same word that Israel cried out is the same cry that the Egyptians made that night. A loud wailing, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a loud wailing for a loud wailing. God is surgical in His justice. And you need to know that. Egypt is example A of a very important truth about the Lord. He's serious about his law. Deadly serious. He says, do not murder, and if you murder, he's surgical in his justice. He says, do not cause people to cry out, and if they cry out, he's surgical in his justice. You need to know this about the Lord. In fact, this is one of the big themes of Exodus, right? When, when the Lord proclaims His name, He says this about Himself. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate Me. And isn't that exactly what He did to Pharaoh? Surgical in His justice. Right in His judgments. If you do not believe me that God punishes sin in this way, then ask Pharaoh and he'll tell you. But Pharaoh would also tell you this about God's judgment. It's not only, it's not only surgical, but it is also patient. He waited to the fourth generation to bring down on Pharaoh's head what he rightly deserved. And Pharaoh would also tell us this, the Lord sent Moses over and over and over again to bring the word of the Lord. And the Lord even gave to, to Pharaoh an out. He said there is a way out if you would just point, paint the door frames red with the blood of the Lamb, then then the pestilence and the plague would just pass right over. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. And he would not believe. If you can hear me today, 
Do not harden your heart. And believe the truth that God is surgical in his justice, but there is one way out through Christ, the Passover lamb, who has been sacrificed for you. Point, paint red the doors of your heart with the blood of the lamb, and the surgical justice of God will fall on him. And he will pass over. It's right here and right now where things just speed up. It, I mean, it's amazing. It's almost like as we finish this part of the lesson that, that the Holy Spirit puts us on this, this raging rapids uh, of a river that, that we have no control over because all of a sudden, now, in this moment, there is no waiting around. Exodus is going to happen. Whether you like it or not, Exodus is happening. And so Pharaoh, in the middle of the night, he gets Moses and Aaron up and he says, get out. Get out now. But it's not just that. The people of Egypt come to the Israelites and say, they say, they hurry them out of the town. They say, you've got to get out now because if you don't get out now, we're all going to die. You see, the Israelites are caught up in this raging rapids because God wants them out of sinful Egypt and He wants them out forever. In fact, the Scriptures say that that the Egyptians wanted the people of God out so badly that they plundered their way out. It, it, I wonder if the conversation went something like this, where, where the Israelites went to the Egyptians and the Egyptians says, you got to leave. Get out. Well, will you give me all your money and your gold and your grandma's jewels? if you? Yes, we'll give everything to you. Just get out. And so they came with their money and their gold and grandma's jewels and they just plundered the Egyptians as if they were a conquering army on their way out on Exodus. This lesson actually says that the Israelites were driven out. <laughs> like, they had no choice in the matter at all anymore. They... Things were so urgent that they couldn't even finish baking. And it's funny how many times it's mentioned in the lesson they couldn't even finish baking their bread. And I want you to sense that urgency. I want you to sense that urgency. I want you to hear these Egyptians preaching this sermon saying, get out because I think if the Israelites would have had it their way, they would have wondered this. Should we just stay now? Should we, should we try to you know, start this political movement to try to change this sinful, sinful place and make it better for us? Should we, should we try to topple the government maybe and we'll just stay and we'll become Egyptians, but e Egypt then will be a better place? I wonder if they would have had that conversation if they could have, but the Lord didn't let them have it. He drove them out of that sinful country and they put them on a path 
to a promised land far, far away where they could worship God in peace, in unity. I want you to get caught up in that raging river on the way out. If you can feel the urgency of it, just get out. When the Apostle Paul meditated on this, on this Scripture, this exact Scripture, he wrote in 1 Corinthians these words, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. When Christ the Passover Lamb was sacrificed, when God passed over all your sins and let them fall on Him, He started a raging river in your life where, where there is no looking back. You don't have time to bake bread, see? You don't have time to nurse your anger. You don't have time to, to indulge in temptation anymore. He wants us to get out of Egypt and leave it all behind that we might set our sights on Christ and the new heavens and the new earth that are to come. The lesson ends in this way, kind of where we began. And it says in a biblical way, never forget. He says, keep vigil on this night to honor the Lord for the generations to come. Just as last week we celebrated 9-11 and, and we always say never remember and I always have this question, what are we supposed to never forget? What are we supposed to never forget? I don't know what we're supposed to never forget about 9-11, but this I know about what we're never supposed to forget about Exodus. That God is surgical in His justice, but also patient. And He has provided a way out in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that when we paint the door frames of our hearts red with the blood of the Lamb, He has put us on this raging river that carries us out of Egypt, out of sin, to a promised new heavens, and a new earth. We'll never forget. Amen.